Hey everyone, and welcome to the Healthy is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wild, TV host by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night, and a health and a life coach always. Come hang out as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into to it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely going to be some laughing, and hopefully you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life, to live your healthiest hot life. Very excited to welcome Cassandra Reinhardt to the podcast. She's an Ottawa-based yoga teacher and a leading online yin yoga instructor. Her Yoga with Cassandra YouTube channel has served as a gateway for thousands of people across the world to discover the life-changing benefits of a consistent yin yoga practice. She's super passionate about sharing the gifts of yin yoga with people all over the world, but today she's excited to do so with our very own Healthiest Hawk community. Thank you for having me. Are you going anywhere fun? Yeah. So actually my partner is from South Africa in Cape Town. And so we decided as of last year, we were going to make it a yearly trip and we go for a month. So because it's such a big chunk of time, it means a lot of preparation. You know, you got to, you got to get all your ducks in a row. Everything's got to be good. And it's always a little bit stressful leading up, but in the best way possible, because hopefully if we do all the work, when we get there, we can detach a little bit, unplug and really enjoy um, the gorgeousness that is South Africa. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Super fun. Um, One of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you is this very simple but powerful mission that you're on. And that mission is to help others feel great with yoga. Like it's so simple in concept, like, okay, yeah, I'm going to hopefully make people feel great with yoga. But feeling great is something that I think for a lot of us is either something that we have fleeting moments of or we have very few moments and we're yearning to feel great. And I'm so curious how yoga became such a big part of your life and how it ultimately led to this mission of, you know, really trying to get people to feel great within their bodies using a modality like yoga. Yeah. I mean, I'm really into, I feel like I spend a lot of my time trying to convince people that yoga doesn't have to be overly long or complicated or strenuous in order to be beneficial and to feel great. And the truth is, is like my yoga practice makes me feel great most of the times, but there are some times where your yoga practice can also be um, kind of like a harsh mirror (laughs) to yourself. Like sometimes you might have some not so great emotions that you're processing on your yoga mat. And that's a great thing to do as well. But you know, might not always be feeling a 10 out of 10, but that's great. Like that's part of the beauty of the practice. That's where we get personal growth and transformation and, you know, development and self-actualization. I started from a very naive point of view. I didn't know much about it. I just took a couple drop-in classes. I was about 18 years old coming from the world of dance and just thought maybe it would be something fun to try. It was getting kind of popular a little more in my area. And I would love, I would love to be able to say that I fell in love with it right away, but I, I didn't, I thought it was fun, but you know, I didn't really, it took me a while to really 
find a teacher I resonated with, to find a style of yoga that worked for me, and to also understand that this yoga practice is more than just something that I'm doing on my yoga mat. It's more than just a way to move my body. I was coming from a background in dance. So I was very familiar with, you know, I had good balance and flexibility and coordination. Um, So originally I was really just thinking about yoga as something that's kind of like dance, but not, you know, like I was really thinking about it from the physical perspective. Mm -hmm. And Once I especially started with yin yoga, which is a much slower form and passive style of yoga where you hold poses for an extended period of time, that's when things kind of started to shift into gear for me. I started to reap a lot of like emotional and mental health benefits. And over time, I also started to learn more about the philosophy and spirituality of yoga. So once I really understood that this is more than just, you know, poses that we're doing on our yoga mat, then I really got curious about it and dove deep and haven't really turned back since. (laughs) Wow. Which is so interesting because of course there are a variety of types of yoga and I know so many people, they love, you know, the high intensity ones in a hot room and they want to feel like they've just stretched their bodies and worked out and burned a million calories and like, cool, that's amazing. If that's the type of yoga that speaks to you, but I got to tell you, there's something really powerful about yin and I'm a busybody. You can even like see I'm very fidgety at all times, like being still and holding poses for an extended period of time is really quite challenging. And when I do yin, sometimes like, you said it's not great at all but sometimes yeah. it not being great in the moment allows me to feel great after the fact because i was able to kind of face whatever ickiness might be popping up in those moments of stillness which can be really challenging at times but can also be really rewarding yeah absolutely i there's an expression i really like that says the only way out is through and i think about that a lot when it comes to processing our emotions And yoga can be a phenomenal modality to help us do that, to help us see a certain situation from a greater perspective, to help practice non-attachment, to help kind of remove ourselves from the ego. Um, All forms of movement can be great for that. I found when it came, like I loved the higher intensity vinyasa, strong flows. I loved a heated room. You know, I'm always cold. I loved practicing in those (laughs) studios. It was great. Um, And it's still great. I still love it. It's just that I found that for me personally, it's easier for me to just tune everything out. I wasn't really paying attention. I wasn't being mindful. I was just kind of flinging my body from pose to pose when it's that high intensity um, form of movement. Whereas with yin, there's no real way for me to distract myself. There's nowhere to go. I actually have to be present with whatever is going on in my life. So like you said, it's not always fun. It doesn't always feel great in the moment. Um, but it's an incredible opportunity to, and an incredible tool to help you process whatever it is that you're going through in your life. So whatever is stuck and stagnant, I find that with yin yoga, we're inviting our body, like our physical bodies to release tension. And it then becomes a lot easier for us to access deeper layers of tension, like mental, emotional, spiritual tension, even that all can come to the surface. And we have this beautiful opportunity to be able to breathe through it and to process it. You know, the only way out is through. And I'm definitely not saying that that's not possible with other forms of movement that are more vigorous or even something like if you want to go kickboxing or, you know, if if there's another form of movement that works best for you, another sport that you like, it's totally possible. 
But I know for me, it was not working that way. I needed to slow down, to be uncomfortable, and to realize that I'll survive. Like I will survive that discomfort. I will be okay. And I'll come out the other side kind of better and stronger than ever versus like in a power yoga class or a vinyasa yoga class, I would be able to go through those whole 60 minutes being totally checked out and tuned out. And sure, my body got some great benefits, but it never really got that much deeper for me until I learned tools of shadow work and until I kind of figured out how to blend that deeper work into all styles of yoga. But the entry point for me was really yin. The same way meditation is a great opportunity for that as well. You know, this this task of sitting and not doing much is really hard. <laughs> so hard. You mentioned something I've actually never heard of, shadow work. May I ask what that is? Yeah. Sh shadow work is not a part of yoga. I just okay. blend it a lot with my okay. yoga teachings. So shadow work comes from Jungian psychology. So from Carl Jung and the shadow is defined as the parts of yourself that your ego has repressed or suppressed below the levels of consciousness. So shadow work is this practice of turning towards the things that trigger us, turning towards the parts of ourselves that we are ashamed of, that we don't like. And not pretending like they're not there, but really shining the light of consciousness towards them. Um, your yoga mat is an excellent place to begin to do shadow work because it's basically just like an easy way to practice shadow work on your yoga mat is to just observe the judgments as they come. So if you're in the context of a studio class and the teacher says, okay, we're going to work on headstands, you know, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? Are you criticizing yourself, putting yourself down, thinking, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do that. I'm unworthy. Unworthiness can be a part of the shadow, right? Like that can be a wound that we're turning towards that we want to shine a light on. It might be um, comparing yourself to the other people around you who are doing better, you know, better quote unquote than you are not quite as good. Um, that's, that can be a shadow as well. It can, I find most of the time it's harder to like, we don't exactly know what our shadows are, but we're really quick to point them out in other people. <laughs> so I like to say, whatever it is that you find yourself really triggered in other people that you judge other people for odds are that's probably your own shadow. We see it so easily in others, but it's the act of like, using that as an opportunity to mirror that judgment and that reflection back to ourselves and say, how is this also probably true for me? You know, if you judge someone because they're, I don't know, really vain or something, you know, and that's something that really triggers you, you can turn it towards yourself and say, why am I not allowing myself vanity? What does vanity mean to me? In what ways do I wish I was allowed to be a bit more vain? You know, like what is the the seed of unworthiness at the end of that? So it's not a part of <laughs> classical yoga philosophy and spirituality, but I found it to be like an extremely powerful tool. And it's something that just naturally tends to happen, I think, through our yoga practice. Oh. So even though, um, you know, ancient Vedic texts, texts don't talk about shadow work. I think they do just in different kinds of languages, but I come from a psychology background. So I just kind of gravitated towards that. And I find that Jungian psychology is a really great entry point um, for people who are looking for that kind of personal development. So I just, I just blend it in there. Healthy is hot friends. So sorry to interrupt, but this is too good to not share. From vitamins to food to beauty and more, well.ca has you covered for everything you need. And 
is delivered right to your door. So I just got home a little while ago from an epic month-long adventure in South Africa, and well.ca made sure I was stocked up with sun care products. So are you ready to say yes to yourself? Use the code CHLOEWILD10 for first-time shoppers and get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Love a good deal. I know you do too. All right, let's get back to the chat, shall we? About yourself through doing all of this work and all of these different practices. Oh my God, what have I learned? I mean, I've been doing this for a while now. Like I'm going on my ninth year. Wow. Yeah, year number nine almost of being on YouTube. Um, one big thing that I learned is that confidence is buildable. Nine years ago, there's no way I would have believed that I could be where I am now and have the community that I've built, have the products that I've created and somehow got published. Like These are all things that I wouldn't have thought myself capable of doing, smart enough to figure out how to do, worthy enough, you know, whatever it is. Like I just, it, it's too big of a leap mm -hmm. from where I was to where I am now. You know, it's nine years worth of work. And I've noticed that confidence truly is buildable. You start by doing one little thing. And when you're able to cross that bridge and get to the other side, the next time you have to do something that's hard and that's out of your comfort zone, you feel a little bit more worthy and a little bit more confident that you'll be able to achieve it because now you have something to turn to and say, well, last year I didn't think I could do that, but I did it. So maybe I can also do this. That's why I'm not the kind of person who sets five-year goals, 10-year goals. I'm not the kind of person who sets huge dreams, you know, like for some people that works really well, you know, they say like, reach for the moon and you might land on a star or something, you know, like they encourage you to go big, 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 big. And for some people that act is very motivating and inspiring and it helps them. For me, it does not. It is not the right way for me to do goal setting. If I am at a certain level and I have, you know, I think of setting a goal that is so crazy and so far out rather than being motivating, my brain is just going to come up with a hundred reasons why that's just out of my scope. It's just not possible for me. And before I've even gotten started, I'm feeling a little bit like a failure, you know? So I found that like small manageable tasks, just the act of putting one foot in front of the other gets me a lot farther along than trying to have a huge vision and a huge game plan for what it is that I want. Um, that's probably my biggest lesson, honestly, is to just not worry so much about where I want to be going. It's to just do the next best thing, the next right thing, that next action. There's no way I could have even planned to be where I am. So many of the opportunities that I have now, I didn't even know they existed back then. So how, how would I even have been able to think about it, you know, and imagine it? So I find it's even a little bit limiting sometimes to set those huge goals. I really like to scale it back and just do one little thing at a time. And before you know it, you're nine years down the road. And when you look back, you've accomplished a ton of stuff, you know? So I'm really, really proud of it, but I never would have been able to, I just, I don't know. I never would have been able to envision this day one. It just, it's just not the way that it works best for me. Oh my. And it's it, now nine years in, I mean, looking back, do you have a 
do you still have like a pinch me moment, like an opportunity or an experience that when you look back and think on the fact that it happened, you're still blown away to this day? Definitely. I've had a few, but I think the biggest one is from recently this year. I just had two products come out like in stores. Like I, I've written and had two books published, which is phenomenal, amazing. But for some reason, the idea of getting a book published wasn't that crazy to me because I was like, well, people write books all the time. They get books published, whatever. You know, like I was proud of myself, but it wasn't this like earth shattering moment. Yeah. But now I have like my very own deck of affirmation cards and my very own yoga journal. And that was really crazy to me because that's something that I've been trying to do for the past four years. Um, you know, to make a product and actually have it in stores, like is very difficult. <laughs> like, I'll just say it is very difficult. If you want to write a book, if you don't have a publisher, it's no big deal. You can write it yourself and you can self-publish. But if you want to create a product and you want to have it in stores, like around the world, it's just, there's no avenue to do that, you know? So, for many years, I mean, I made my own where I would hire my own designers and I would have them printed and made and I never made any money from it. It was impossible. I was shipping things out of my house. Like it just, I just figured this is the one thing I'll never really be able to do. This is the one world I'll never really be a part of. It's yeah. just so hard. Like I just didn't even know how do you even get products in stores? Like what is even that process, you know? And pretty much like a week after I sold the last of my little deck that I had made myself and had printed and spent all my money on, the last one went out and got sold. And a week later, I was able to enter into contract to have actual products like Yoga with Cassandra branded products out ah. in stores. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> it was crazy. And I genuinely believe that th that opportunity would have never found me had I not tried to do it myself. Like I really feel like that grind and that hustle and that trying and failing and trying and failing and trying and failing over and over is what paved the way to be like, I don't know. I, I just imagine like some kind of guide being like, okay, girl, like you've tried, <laughs> let us help you a little bit. Let, let us make this a little bit easier. But that's a huge one for me. Like the first time I went to the store and I saw my cards in person on a shelf, you know, you can buy it at Walmart or whatever, you know, I was like, this is wild. That was a big, big, big one for me. But I, it's just not something that would have happened had I not tried to do it on my own for so many years. <laughs> I really, really believe that. Understand. The universe was like, okay, we've seen you. You've put in a really good college try. Yes. <laughs> take a step back. We'll take it from me. This is so rad. Okay, so when people go and pick up your affirmation cards, like, do you have favorite affirmations that you yourself have even used to help you kind of get through some of the harder days? Like, what are some powerful affirmations you still haven't gotten sick of? Oh my gosh. Well, so I first discovered affirmations like when I was like 17 or 18 through Louise Hay. She was probably like the first entry point into spirituality and personal development for me. And at that age, it was totally life-changing. I was like, what? My thoughts can become things? You know, like this idea of mindset was never something that I had even really understood or thought of. Um, and affirmations was a great tool for me, a great tool in helping me 
notice and acknowledge how often my thoughts are self-deprecating, are judgmental of others, judgmental of myself, negative, heavy, just not creating a good internal space for me. And, you know, people knock that kind of thing a lot, but it's just like, how are you supposed to do anything good in the world when you think badly about yourself and think badly about others. So it's not about embracing this form of like magical thinking where I am rich and all of a sudden you are rich. Like that's not what it is, but it's like if you learn to talk about yourself with kindness and if you learn to think good thoughts about the world, like it puts you in a position where you're in a better place to take the next right step. You know, you believe in yourself just a little bit more. And the affirmation that has probably stuck with me the most throughout the years is from Louise Hay. Um, So it's hers. Um, It's all is well and I am safe. I probably say that to myself five times a day. (laughs) Um, All is well and I am safe. Whenever I'm overwhelmed, whenever I'm stressed, whenever something feels a little bit hard, whenever I'm paying a bill (laughs) that feels like I really don't (laughs) want to be paying this right now, all is well and I am safe. That's a really good grounding one um, that like, and one that I've kind of come up with and that I think I have in my deck is I am unique and that is my greatest strength. That has been a very good anchor point for me to be like, it's fine if you're weird. <laughs> it's okay if people don't get it. It is your greatest strength, you know? I love that. I feel like I definitely needed that as a teenager. I, yes. That's the thing. I love my quirky aspects, but like growing up, it was a little tough. I'm grateful that I discovered this fairly young, like 17, 18, 19, but I wish I had had that as a tool as a five-year-old. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't have children, but if I were to ever have children, like I feel like that would be an integral part of their upbringing is to be like, pay attention to what's going on in between your two years. Like pay attention to that voice inside and know that you can change it. And it has a huge impact on your mental health, your emotional health, the way you show up in the world, you know? Um, it's it's huge. So I'm grateful that I had it young. I wish I was introduced to it even younger. And yeah, it's, it's so proud. I have so many friends that are like popping out babies and it's something they really want to be intentional about because I feel like our generation, I I feel like we're similar in age. Like we grew up kind of learning about this late teens, early twenties, you know, I'm in my thirties now and I'm really like in this space. I'm like, man, I wish I would have known this about this sooner. Like when my brain was still very much in development so that we can even, we can see the impact just reach so much further. So, okay. Affirmations. Congratulations on the deck of cards. That is so massive. Like, wow. Sending all the good vibes and hopefully lots of people buy them and can welcome them into their lives. Um, Something that you mentioned earlier, even when it came to your goal setting, is that instead of big, lofty, scary goals, you prefer kind of one step at a time. And I know even with your yoga, and you do all kinds of yoga on on YouTube and on your app, but you're all about bite-sized yoga. Like we're talking like 10 minutes. And I'd love to know why that feels like a good amount of time and what the response has been like from your community. It's so funny because you know, obviously I discovered yoga from in-person studio classes. And for the most part, that's an hour long, right? So that was Mm -hmm. the format I knew and I was used to. And when I started going online, I just kind of assumed that that would be the only format that worked and that that's what people liked. So I would do longer form content, content, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minute classes, hour long classes. And for sure, I still love those. And people also still love when I do those longer format classes. But 
the truth of my day-to-day life is that my daily practice is like 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. That's 90% of the time, that's what I like and that's what I need. The only exception being yin yoga, like I'll do yin yoga maybe once or twice a week. And because each pose is like three minutes, you can't really do a 10 minute practice. Like it always ends up being like maybe 30 or something. But when it, in terms of like flows, I find that if I get 10 minutes, like I'm good, <laughs> you know, like I, I can fit in a lot of stuff in those 10 minutes. And I started doing these 10 minute classes on YouTube, specifically like a morning 10 minute class. And it blew up, like it blew up. Um, And now I kind of can't keep up with the demand. I have hundreds of 10 minute morning yoga classes. And every day it's what people ask me more and more of. They still want it. And I'm like, there are only so many variations of a 10 minute morning yoga class that I can do, but I'll do my best, you know, to keep giving the people what they want. No one will know. Change the outfit on a different song, call it a day. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. But I don't know. It's just like, this is authentically how I like to practice. So I thought, well, let's film it. Let's see if other people would benefit from these shorter classes. And turns out like, yeah, people are also like me where they're busy and, you know, they don't always necessarily want to dedicate a full hour to it. It can be super nice to have, you know, to really clear your schedule and to really let yourself experience the fullness and the depth of an hour long practice. But I know for me, especially mental health wise, it's better for me to do a little bit of something consistently every day than for me to set aside one day a week where I'm going to get my hour long practice in. So, and again, this is just for me, but it's my channel. I get to do what I want. So, you know, that's what I'm doing because that's what I enjoy. So I, I try to do like a nice variety of content for people. You know, I try to have a variety of um, styles and lengths of classes and levels, you know, beginner, intermediate, advanced. Like I, I really try to offer something for everyone. Um, but I just love, I don't know. I just love the 10 minute, 10 minute yoga. It's great. I swear you can do more than you think you can. <laughs> no, it's so cool. So we're recording this friends, February of 2023. And since the holidays, um, went to go visit my mom who lives in Ottawa. Are you still in Ottawa, by the way? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So she lives yeah. in Canada and oh, cool. mom, but you know, we're not the most active over the holidays. You know, it's a lot of hanging out and movies and maybe the occasional walk, but it's cold in Ottawa. Like it's really cold. So we didn't yeah. spend a lot of time outside, but my partner and I really like movement. And so we're like, you know what, why don't we just commit to a hundred pushups a day when we're at mom's, <gasps> you know, it's, it's something manageable. We can break it up. You know, I, you know, 10 rounds of 10, five rounds of 20, whatever. And we've actually still stuck to it since the holidays. And sometimes it takes me 10 minutes. Sometimes I have to spread it out over the course of the day. But God, I tell you, it feels so empowering to show up consistently for myself with something like 100 push-ups or like, you know, doing 10 minutes of yoga or, you know, drinking a glass of water first thing in the morning, like whatever it is, it feels really, really good and empower like weirdly really empowering to show up well no kidding a hundred push-ups is an insane amount like I'm telling you it sounds more should be empowered <laughs> no like on my knees on, like, I do a couple off my off my knees but but even just like this idea of doing something consistently because you're so right yes for so many of us we're like oh I'm gonna do like 
three hard workouts a week or whatever. And like, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But I really believe that like how we show up daily is really what will determine our quality of life. Like those small incremental changes are what add up and make a huge difference in like our health and in our vibrancy and you name it. So I love the 10 minute yoga and I kind of love it. It's your channel. So do whatever the fuck you want. Like <laughs> exactly. And clearly there's a demand for it, but, um, you know, you, you got into yoga, like just as like a curious person. And now you're this massive YouTuber. Like, is it weird sometimes for you to like sit back and be like, I can't believe this is my life. Like, this is what I get to do every day. It's very weird because like, because it's online, obviously I, if I go on YouTube, it shows 2 million subscribers. Yeah. That's really cool. But it's just me in my room with my camera. You know what I mean? Like I don't see 2 million people in front of me. So there's a bit of a disconnect there. And I think that's probably good. Like I think that's a good thing. It helps me not get like inflated, I guess, with my ego. Like it's a very – it feels like a very normal process to me. Um it's a pretty normal office job at the end of the day. Like I spend a lot of time just on my computer doing admin work and stuff like that, you know, where, and the filming and editing is kind of like a smaller component Mm. of yoga with Cassandra, but yeah, of course it's crazy. Like, of course it's a huge, I don't know. It's, it's huge. I try to wrap my head around it. I can't really, um, like it's funny my we were trying to see if maybe like since your parents are from Ottawa like you're familiar with chapters like our big yeah. bookstore right like indigo chapters it's like I, I don't know what the US or whatever equivalent is to that but we're like oh maybe we could do an event at indigo to help promote the release of my new products in Ottawa since I'm in Ottawa and they were like well how many people do you think would show up and i'm like i honestly have no idea <laughs> because I just don't know. Like the numbers tell me I have a lot of people who follow me, but the I never get to really see people mm-hmm. in person. So I'm like, I don't know. What if no one shows up? Like, I just don't know. So I don't know. We're, we're going to try to figure that out. I'm like, I, I don't know. Like it, it's, it's still just a number on a screen yeah. to me, you yeah. know? So it's, it's very strange to try to imagine that when my channel was very small, like my first I would say the milestone that felt the most important was 10,000. 10,000 was like a huge breakthrough. I cried. <laughs> like, you know, I was so humbled and proud and happy. And it's not that I wasn't happy when I reached all the other numbers. It's just that it was more of like a mindset shift. When I reached that 10,000, I was like, what if I tried to imagine 10,000 people in a room right now? Like, that's how many people subscribe to my channel. Like, that's a crazy number. But I don't know. After a million, it's too abstract. It's too big. I don't understand it. I can't wrap my head around it. So I'm very proud. I'm very grateful. But 10,000, like, I don't think anything will ever match that high that I got when I reached that number. That is so special. A lot of people who listen to this are like female entrepreneurs who maybe have a nine to five and have a side hustle in the health and wellness space or are turning their passion for health and wellness into their full-time job. And you are definitely such an inspiration in that sense. You've author, YouTuber, you've got products now. I know you've also got an app. 
I mean, what keeps you driven to keep creating? Because all of those things require a lot of output. It's it's a lot of you that you are putting into everything that people consume, which is a really amazing. But at the same time, it's also it's also energy draining and a lot of output. So how do you continue to show up the way that you do every day across all of these different mediums? I think when I first started out, I was... I mean, extremely eager and motivated and younger. (laughs) And I had a lot of energy and it felt like I couldn't really get tired. Like I started building this. I was still working a full-time job, you know? So I was doing like 80 hour weeks just to try to get this off the ground. And for a long time, just the joy of trying something new fueled me Mm. and that helped to sustain me. Like I just thought it was so cool when I got a couple comments on a video, you know, and that was enough for me to like want to keep going and try something else. But at some point I ended up doing a little bit too much. Like once I had even a small audience, but an audience, everyone wanted something different for me. Everyone had different requests or different ideas of what they think they thought my new thing should be, oh, you should make a DVD. Oh, I would like an ebook on this. Oh, I would like a program specifically around this theme. Oh, I would like these types of yoga classes. You should write a book. All lovely, great requests and great feedback. But I, at some point, I kind of lost focus of what do I care about? What do I want to do? What do I have the mental capacity and time for? And also, what am I actually an expert in? You know, like one thing, I get a lot of requests for prenatal content. And I know that if I were to put together some kind of prenatal program, people would do it. Business-wise, it would be a good idea, but it's not my area. It's not my area of expertise. It's not something I personally really care about that much. Not that I don't care about like, you know, lovely prenatal ladies. It's just that I'm not the teacher for you right now. You know, like I'll see you later yeah. <laughs> like or before. Like I'm just not, I don't have the wealth of knowledge that they deserve as they're going through pregnancy. And it was a lot of stuff like that where I find myself trying to, do what I thought I should be doing. And that got really draining. Um, Another thing was like international retreats. I get millions of requests for that. People want me to do retreats and I did them for a while and it's just not the right fit for me. Those burnt me out more than anything I've ever done in my whole life. Even though they were huge highs and like great trips and I love them, I needed like a month afterwards to recuperate and it felt like I couldn't, I don't know, it felt like being on call 24-7 for those seven days and the planning, like everything. It just wasn't, I was like, man, this should be fun, you know? I was like, this. if I'm putting so much effort and energy into this, I should be getting more out of it than what I'm getting, you know? And earning income, it's just not enough of a motivator and it was like, I'm a very big people pleaser. So I wanted to offer them because that, yeah, like that's what people want more than anything. That's what people want me to do. They want me to do retreats and I don't want to do them. Like I'm just not, it's not the right fit. So at a certain point I had to learn 
what do I want to do? What don't I want to do? What do people want from me? And what is the middle point between that? You know, like how can I find a nice balancing act between what people want and what I also want to create? And sometimes you kind of also have to go out on a limb and say, well, I don't know if people want this, but I want to do it. So I'm going to do it (laughs) and maybe it'll work and maybe it won't, you know, but at least I'll enjoy it. And at least it'll be fulfilling for myself, you know? So that was that was like a sticky point, maybe at like the four or five year mark where I had to adjust things. And now it's easier for me to be self-sustaining and to keep going because I have more balance. And last year I took, not that I took a year off, but I definitely did a lot less than what I normally do. Um, And that was needed. I was going so hard and so fast for so many years. And especially with the pandemic, like I'm not immune to that. You know, I also got depressed from that. So 20, wait, what year is this? Yeah, 2022. I kind of stepped back a little bit and now I'm like super pumped up, you know, for 2023, I feel excited. I feel motivated. I feel the way I did like three years ago or something, you know, like pre-pandemic, um, but I had to, I, I don't know, I had to adjust a lot along the way and to just be okay with maybe disappointing some people and not doing everything that they want from me, unfortunately. So last year took some time off. Sounds like maybe there was some burnout happening. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Now going into 2023, obviously you're back, you're excited, you're motivated, but what are going to be some of the learnings from your time off in 2022 that you're going to bring into this year to hopefully keep burnout, you know, far away from your present moment? I know that for me, I need to make sure that I just don't have that much in my schedule, like not too much in my schedule. And I need to make sure that what is in my schedule, some of it needs to be just personal, non-business related, you know, like it needs to be something that is not tied to my income, you know, and to my brands. Like that was really nurturing to find fulfillment and joy from something that has no benefit other than I enjoy it. Like that's it, you know, because for so many years I felt like I had so little time. I wanted every ounce of my time to be productive in a way. And that worked, you know, but at a certain point it just, you burn out and it wasn't working anymore. So this year I'm super excited and super passionate and I'm back into the swing of things. And I also have a ton of time just for myself that I kind of like schedule into my calendar where I'm not working or, you know, I'm doing things that don't make sense for yoga with Cassandra, but they make sense for me, Cassandra Reinhardt, you know, living my own life. Do you have hobbies? Do you have a hobby? Oh my God. I So I'm like a hobby girl. Okay. Like I love... <laughs> I'm never not signing up for something like, I don't know. Are you familiar with the Enneagram? The personalities. Yeah. The like nine personality. Anyway, I I love, love the Enneagram and I'm a seven and it's like, I just love, I love life. Like I love to do different things. Like I feel like I I'm constantly wanting to like try something new, do something new. So every year I'll sign up to different things. Like whether it's like piano lessons or acting classes or art lessons or whatever, 
And last year I really like, I got a horse, <laughs> like I'm into horseback riding. <laughs> so like, I'm like an equestrian now. <laughs> oh my gosh, Sandra, you are so infectious. I'm so happy to hear that your time off has given you that zest again and that excitement. And I have so much respect for you for scheduling in me time and <laughs> because your business is thriving. I don't think it's going anywhere, but if like you're running on empty, how the fuck is it supposed to operate? Yeah. Um, I can't thank you enough for your time, friends. We will link all the links down below if you want to join and be part of Cassandra's world. She's got all kinds of free content on her site, um, YouTube, of course. Anyways, you are such an inspiration. And I'm going to go pick up a deck of affirmation cards. I want to be part of yes. the Cassandra Reinhardt world. <laughs> Get inspired. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Oh, that was fun. And just like that, another episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast. Once again, I am your host with clearly no filter, Chloe Wild. And if you enjoyed this conversation, feel free to subscribe so you never miss out because that sucks. Feel free to rate and leave us a comment. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Healthy is Hot. And my friends, remember, healthy is fucking beautiful. I'll see you next week.